Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mysterio unable to compete, unable to finish his match with Santos Escobar due to an apparent legitimate injury, and thus we wish Rey Mysterio a very speedy recovery. Oh my goodness, did this ever ruin this show. Set! Yes. You are here today joining me on our SmackDown Review podcast here on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Please make sure to give this video a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't already, and ring that bell so you stay notified of all of our various podcasts, ones that won't involve me next week like they have this week. Oh, I'm working overtime on this show. The hardest working podcaster in all of WrestleTalk. So in case anybody ever says that I don't watch enough wrestling... I've watched every show this week, every single one. Not NXT, though, never that. We're going to get into SmackDown here. Now that you've said that, at the end of this show, I'm going to ask you what's been the best show that you've seen <sighs> this week. I'm going to ask you that at the end because you can accurately say which has been the best show because you reviewed them all. Happy Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Tempest, what's causing all of this? What's causing all this? I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be this one that was the best of the week. I'll tell you that right now because we are going to start our review with... A match that should have had, well, it did have stakes, but it should have been more than it was, unfortunately. And that is not the fault of those involved. Sometimes accidents happen. You get a, a bump, a bruise, sometimes something worse. On this show, by far the most heavily advertised match was going to be Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar. The finals of this little two triple threat winners face each other mini tournament to decide who is going to be Austin Theory's next challenger for the United States Championship. And I had very high hopes for this match. I was very much looking forward to this. This was kind of the silver lining last week when LA Knight did not win the match to send him to the finals of this little thing. No. It was, well, at least we're going to get Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar, and that should be excellent. It should be, I mean, it's the first real proper focused, uh, promoted, featured match for Rey Mysterio on SmackDown since, like, he faced Gunther last year, something like that. Well, like, I, it's It's been a long. minute. Mm. It's been a while, because otherwise it's just him facing... You know, carrying cross and stuff, which is no buys. So I was very much looking forward to this. And unfortunately, this match never really gets going. To say it never gets out of first gear might be giving it even too much credit because they had some fun little spots early. One of the mm -hmm. deals where Santos pitched Rey Mysterio over his head and he lands on the, the top rope. You know, just like stood on the top rope and then does a move off of it. Really good stuff. Rey Mysterio went for his like head first baseball slide splash to the out outside. He does sometimes and he missed that. That looked like it sucked. And then Santos Escobar hits a suicide dive onto Rey Mysterio. It doesn't look like anything other than a normal suicide dive. He yeah. gets back in the ring and he's like, yeah. And then we come back from commercial 
And Rey Mysterio is down for the count, unfortunately. Mm. He's on the apron being attended to by medical staff, and shortly thereafter, the referee calls the match off. Santos Escobar, your winner. Apparently, that was also reported to be the case. The plan to finish is Santos up, but definitely not the way that they wanted to get there. Austin Theory was watching this match throughout uh, the deal from the skybox, just sitting up there with his title, and then afterwards he stood up, held the title up, and I think they're having this match the week after SummerSlam. Now off, though. It's not even the week I think before. it's happening two weeks from now is what they said. Okay. Uh, this is... Uh, it, I don't know what really to say about it because it's just very disappointing. It's... An injury, it's the most significant thing to happen on this show. We hope that it's not too serious. Rey Mysterio was able to like get to his feet, go over and give Santos a hug afterwards. Yeah. So it didn't appear to be like, oh, he can't put weight on his knee or something like that. I'm not a doctor. I don't want to speculate about what kind of injury it may be. I don't know. I, I'm speculating. It, it could have been a case of like he had a little bump on the noggin and yeah. he couldn't continue the match. Maybe he forgot what the planned you know, the plan finishes and everything was. So I think he's probably was this, was a bit discombobulated because like you said, the fact that at the end, Rey Mysterio was able to get up and approach Santos and embrace him gave me a little bit of hope. There was no limping, we saw in sight, so we don't know what the severity of the injury is. I mean, I feel like it's been a great year for Rey Mysterio in terms of uh, being spotlighted in 2023. Yeah, he hasn't had like the matches against Gunter like he did have last year, but it seems like they haven't been humiliating him as much as they used yeah. to. It's the first time I felt like they've given him his flowers without an extra caveat of, here's your flowers, here's a monster now squashing you next, you know, in, in the same mm -hmm. breath. So it's been great to see Rey Mysterio being respected, part of a group where he's, you know, treated like the legend that he is. So let's hope there's no way for too long. And then Santos Escobar, he was in a marquee match where I was promoted for a few weeks because he's another guy like... Uh, his, like how Cameron Grimes is now in that position where <laughs> a talented wrestler being drafted to SmackDown, hasn't been spotlighted properly, but we know he can do more based on the track record he's had in the indies or various other promotions. NXT. Or NXT, if I say that's the last, but, uh, you know, shortly not least, least uh, NXT. Um, Santos has been spotlighted, but the only thing I've been kind of worried about Santos Escobar as a babyface, as I mentioned previously, I feel like the group is over because of, of nostalgia, you know, the connection to Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio, but the individual guys, I feel like the writers haven't done enough job to, uh, uh, you know, let us know who they are in terms of character. I knew who Legado de Fantasma was. I know who Santos, the emperor of Lucha Libre is, but Santos, the now every man, you know, Lucha Libre in LWO, you know, they need to, you know, show little vignettes of him in the street with kids, anything to make people connect with the character a bit more. Cause I'm worried when he does the whole LWO thing, it's very much, hey, cheer for this group I'm in come on guys cheer for me so i do want santos to to work as a baby face and like you said the match itself was on in first gear it's kind of like it's almost like a traditional lucha match so i feel like in a traditional lucha match they start off with like the the holds in the beginning like the submission holds in the beginning and then it escalates to the yeah the head scissors and then, and then it escalates to the high flying and, and it, it seemed like we we're on the verge of that when it got derailed by the suicide dive or uh, was it what was it, uh, what does the other guy call it? Was it the, the Tope Suicida? Tope, so I'm about to say what, what does Tempest, the American Tempest, call it? The American Tempest. <laughs> what is the wow. American? What is Excalibur? Take that, Excalibur. Yeah, what does the American Tempest call it? Yeah, because uh, the was it Suicide Suicida? What the the Tope Suicida? Yes, that's what happened, and then it was a Tope Suicida moment. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so tope Homicida. Yikes. Yeah. Fury. <laughs> I must say, Fury is the next guy I was going to mention. He didn't do much. He just sat there with popcorn. Michael Cole made a joke towards him. <laughs> Michael Cole. So the reason I'm laughing is because Fury is in the skybox. Empty seats next to Fury. So Michael Cole goes, here's Austin Fury and his friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then Fury doesn't look exactly happy he's chewing on his popcorn and he looks like a petulant child in a the movie theater made to watch a film he doesn't oh want to watch oh my god don't get me started about children in movie theaters I just went and saw Barbie and I could not handle it ooh that's a sidebar for another yeah, time it sure is we need the extras the podcast extras mm. back so I can go on a rant about movie theater etiquette but go on well Tempest I'm gonna ask you the question we've been talking about for weeks is Austin Theory's title reign numbered? 
God, I hope so. Because I was thinking about this. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think, aside from on a physical level, because obviously I feel the worst for Rey Mysterio in this case. He's the one that got hurt. Mm -hmm. But in a pro wrestling context, the person that I feel the most sorry for in this whole thing is Santos Escobar. Because... He's the one that gets kind of robbed of a big moment, a big featured match against someone who I'm sure he idolizes in real life, mm -hmm. and something that hopefully would have continued his ascent up to that next level. True. He's a guy who went in last week and beat Austin Theory clean in a non-title match, and it seemed like that was going to be his ascent, mm. that, okay, they're really going for it. They kind of were telegraphing, at least in my opinion that he was probably going to win this tournament and good you should do that it should seem fairly likely that one of the guys that's up for number one contendership should be able to beat an opponent on any given day but now it really does feel like this this whole dynamic they've got going here where it's these matches building for a title match against a champion that people aren't really into right now it feels like this has hit a flat tire <clears throat> and i think whether or not Santos Escobar wins the title from Austin Theory is going to depend on what they do between now and then to try and get a little bit more of the shine back onto Santos. Because I don't feel like there's really any interest in Austin Theory at the moment to propel this feud forward. And this match lack of finish really has kind of derailed the momentum I thought that Santos was getting. Mm. So in order for me to feel like, yeah, he's going to be the one to beat Austin Theory and it's going to be this big title change and it's going to start this mid-card title run of, Aus of uh, Santos Escobar and maybe they go back to Rey Mysterio, do whatever, it will kind of depend on what they do next week to set up the match for the week after. Mm, contract signing or a, a promo in the ring uh, or a six-man tag. If, um, if Elton Prince wasn't injured, I would have seen like Austin Theory and Pretty Deadly versus LWO members. Yep. That would have been a, a no-brainer. But yeah, at the moment, I don't know what you do. The, the, I feel like the division itself is kind of flat-tired because of the lack the, the, the lack of interest from the writers to push the, the champion. Because at the end of the day, you know, yeah, Austin Theory did commentary gigs the last two weeks that's not a strong suit he should be in the ring he should be wrestling there should be like a plethora of people clamoring to be United States champion I feel like that's what you don't get on, on Smackdown for weirdly enough I feel like Smackdown lacks the competitive edge if it, it seems like everyone's fine with yeah you're champion and um, whatever because you, you don't even know what's the motive for most of these wrestlers like why do you even come to Smackdown why is no one why is someone just fine okay these two people might be no one contender there should be more people going after Austin Theory it just they, it feels like it's a lack of energy across the board on 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 the show and you feel it in the show we're about to dis, uh, discuss right now I agree there's it feels like there is a lack of urgency in pretty much anything that isn't the bloodline and I mean that's kind of in the story of a lot of Smackdown as of late definitely since the draft but it does feel like there is a complacency among everybody because like the tag titles are pretty much now on raw yeah you know maybe. at least week to week you might see something set up where kevin owens and Sami Zayn make a, an appearance on smackdown but for the most part since uh the 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 clash of champions clash of champions night of champions night, night of night champions, of champions. yeah, yeah. Uh, ever since Night of Champions, they've pretty much been a raw act. So mm. any of the tag teams that are on SmackDown don't really feel like they have too much to fight for. Yeah. And meanwhile, a lot of the big stars on the show are either not around, in the case of Edge, or they're facing off against another kind of not super important person, in the case of AJ Styles, which we'll get to later in the show, in another feud that doesn't really feel like it has any urgency, any stakes. No. No real rush to get to the finish. No real like, okay, we're going to set up a match and they're going to have a match at SummerSlam. And that's going to be the end of it. I'm sick of you carrying cross, putting you down for good right. and whatever, you know? Where's all that? What you just said there, that sounds, oh, that sounds foreign to me now. Like I don't hear those promos anymore. It's just like, it's like week to week kind of booking. Yeah, it really does just kind of feel like a lot of SmackDown right now is spitting their tires. And I was very happy to come back last week and see the triple threat match that we had to set up, or a fatal four-way match, actually, I think it was, uh, that set up Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio going because those type of, of matches, they do feel like they have urgency. Those are the mm. type of matches that feel like these people are fighting for something. They have a goal in mind. And right now, like, 
half the matches on this show were just squash matches <sighs> and just nothing really to get into. No. And I think you do kind of see it the worst when it comes to what the hell has Austin Theory been doing on SmackDown for the last two oh, months? Oh, gosh, mate. It, it, it might as well just show him in catering at this point because there's nothing, there's no urgency. He should have, like, at least after the match, on a taunt Santos, trying to play he mind the, game. He held the belt up, and that was like, it's it. just this, like, it, this for me is the primary reason, primary reason I have an issue with Austin Fury's title reign. It just it feels so lackluster. Even as a character, it's, I feel like I don't know if the, the guy himself, the real life Austin White, has given up on himself, on his character. <laughs> like it's just it just there's no care there. If if it was a United States champion, you wanna cut a promo or flirt with the, you know, Zelina, anything. Just give me some heat. That's the issue. That's the word I'm looking for. Everything lacks heat. Like, oh, am I gonna look forward to, you know, Santos beating the guy he's beaten before? Probably not, because at the moment, I don't even know if they're going to go with him as champion. They should. At this point, the title reign, you know, it's it's doing a, disserv a disservice to SmackDown, any United States title, and anyone wrestling for United States title with Austin Fury being champion. Because we've seen what happened with Bianca Belair. Towards the end of her title reign, she was kind of spinning her wheels. And when she lost it, she became re reinvigorated. So who knows? Losing the title might actually help Austin Fury find his footing again, find the viciousness, or does he want to be cocky or vicious or goofy? I don't know what his character's going to go next, but at least it will be something different when he's no longer champion. And we haven't had a babyface champion in a while because we've been mostly a heel federation. So if with Santos Escobar becoming champion, you know what happens? The popular United States open, you know, challenges. You know, Santos can do that every single week. It's a no-brainer. They like booking matches for no reason. So you can just do add some steaks to it. We like steaks and some kidney pie. <laughs> but yeah, what I'm trying to say is, Austin Fury, please just lose the title. We're, we're sick and tired of it. Just, I'm tired. just get right to the please, point. Please, I'm tired. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. to the rest of our SmackDown review here. But of course, again, we want to give our dearest well wishes to Rey Mysterio and hope that he is able to make a very speedy recovery. One of the inspirations for me getting into wrestling. Always love me some Rey Mysterio. 
Getting into the actual show now, however, we start at the beginning with Jay Uso, main event Jay Uso, as he's announced, in the ring to open up the show, letting everybody know that main event Jay Uso is in your city. And then Roman Reigns comes out, does his entrance, comes down to the ring. We got a good promo segment here. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Bloodline stuff on this show, I thought, was good. Maybe not as... Uh, as intriguing as it was a week ago or anything where the announcement of tribal combat and what the implications of that meant and Roman Reigns saving Jey Uso from Solo Sokoa, all of those type of things, I think made that match announcement and the, it was a contract signing. They didn't call it a contract signing. It was like face-to-face negotiations or something like that. Regardless, That made all of that very interesting. I Mm. didn't feel like they had kept that level of interest this week. This felt like just, we do a promo, you do a main event match, you beat beat them down after the match. That was a bit more formulaic, but the content of the promo was still very good. Some really good moments in this, I thought. Because Roman comes down and he says, uh, Jay, you're selfish. He says that as soon as Jimmy was gone, you wanted a title shot. You don't care about Jimmy. You're not doing this for him. You're doing this for you. You want to be the tribal chief so bad. He starts talking in that, like, Roman Reigns, uh, goodfellas kind of way. Like, oh, I'm a clown to you. Ha ha. Like, oh, what's funny? That whole kind of deal, which I really like, is where I really feel like he gets into his, like, mob boss character. Yeah. You know, asking a million questions, like rhetorical questions, kind of pushing you around with his words. It's really good stuff. He said that uh, he never, and Jay cuts him off. He says, nah, man, that ain't it. I never wanted this. I never wanted any of this. I didn't want to be the tribal chief. I only wanted to do what was best for the family, but then you broke the family, and now I got to do what I got to do and put you down. And I think this is just really good stuff, you know, because obviously we've seen that the loyalty that, you know, Jay had to, to Roman, even though it was tearing him apart on the inside, Lisa, it was... It was constant. It was consistent. Even if he was wavering, he stuck by Roman Reigns as long as that's where Jimmy was and Solo was. And then as soon as Roman started pushing Jimmy, pushing him around in the spring, that's where the breakup happened. It was all really good stuff. And he, Roman tells Jay to shut his mouth. And he he gets worked up. He starts saying, I'm not going to take any of the blame for this which is excellent, absolutely fantastic heel work. He says that this was not his fault. He didn't do any of this. He tells Jay that when all this is over, he's going to be without Jimmy. He's going to be without Solo. His younger brother has chosen him over Jay. He's going to be all alone. And he asks why Jay thinks that he can beat him. And Jay just says, because I already did. Yeah. And he puts his hand like behind Roman's head. And he says, it's SummerSlam. I'm going to beat you again. And he walks off and he leaves Roman and Solo and Paul Heyman just stood there. And I really did like that this was a promo segment involving Roman Reigns in which the baby face was able to leave with her head held high, stood tall. You maybe saw this like a couple of times in the Cody Rhodes build to WrestleMania and stuff. Mm. But for the most part, you usually don't see the baby face get the last laugh on Roman Reigns, given, of course... By the end of the show, that wouldn't be the case. But in this segment alone, I thought it was really effective to make Jey Uso look like he was on a tier similar to Roman Reigns. Uh, you said you mentioned it before. Uh, Roman Reigns, the gaslighter. That's when yep. he's at his best, when he manipulates. But what I liked about this promo, it, it showcased that Jay is no longer under the thumb of Roman Reigns, or his his mind is no his mind is shielded from Roman Reigns' mind games. He's using w- trigger words like saying "selfish," uh, "I made you main event Jay Uso," "I called," "I made you right hand man." The funny thing is that is actually kind of true. He did give him mm-hmm. all them nicknames. He did afford him the opportunities to sh- to flourish as a single star. But at the same time, when they came to the blame part, the part of the blame is where, you know, Roman lost Jay. Because we also firsthand that Roman Reigns' maniacal ways is what led to his downfall with his cousins, uh, specifically Jimmy and then Jay. Jay, who's trying to broker the peace, he couldn't, you know, stand it anymore, especially the, his his twin brother is the reason why he drained the bloodline in the first place. So if he's out, there's no point of him being in the bloodline, being the peacemaker when, you know, the, his reason of being is no longer part of the group. So I I, I liked the, the heat in the segment I like the looming presence of Solo. 
But like you said, because it's too many promos, they need to break it up again. It, it should have been a case of like a tag team match, possibly. It's like, uh, it's, it's quite hard. It, you, you try, you're trying to talk people into buying a feud that you know the Roman Reigns potentially is not going to lose. Mm-hmm. The question that's been lingering, the question that's been on social media where I've been talking to Tempest about is, so there was an interview done. I'm trying to remember, I think it's Ariel Hawani interview, probably with BT, I could be wrong, where the Usos have mentioned they would like to face each other at a WrestleMania. And since then, people have been running with this story because Roman mentioned a narrative of Jay being selfish and Jay wanted the title match and Jay wanted to be the tribal chief. People are, are assuming because Solo is in Roman's corner and Jay's got no one, we might get a surprise appearance of Jimmy Uso either before SummerSlam on a SmackDown or on the actual show itself. And many people are theorizing that Jimmy Uso is going to turn on Jay to start the feud that's going to lead to WrestleMania. That's been a theory. And I just wanted to mention that because I don't want it to happen because it doesn't make sense. Jimmy left in the first place. That's like Vince Russo booking. Yeah. I'm bringing that up because there's a, there's a possibility that may be the outcome because I do feel like if this is a blowaway feud, some, there's going to be like dire consequences coming out of it. Like Yes, I, I thoroughly agree. And I, that has been something that has been on my mind since the whole Jay turns on Roman moment happened mm. because I, I've been doing stuff with the Bloodline story and having to go back, research, rewatch stuff. And I was looking back at the I don't give a damn what the Tribal Chief said segment, right? Mm. And it's very funny to me what the vibes feel like then compared to when the turn actually happens. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that everybody in the building feared what was about to happen when someone just bad-mouthed Roman Reigns, that was the the power that he had. It was holding everybody in place just with fear. And somewhere along the way, I feel like everybody kind of stopped being afraid of Roman Reigns, like, in the family. They stopped being afraid of what, it meant to go against the the tribal chief. And I've been waiting to see what the consequences of that is going to be, of actually getting out of line and being forced to be put down by Roman Reigns or Solo or the family ordering it so. Mm. All those things. I've been feeling we've been missing out on that feeling since Mm -hmm. it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that SummerSlam and then what happens after SummerSlam, because this is a very big story-driven match, I'm hoping that the consequences coming out of this match will kind of make up for some of that. I, I do agree. I do. I feel like there needs to be consequences for Roman and for Jay. It's like, what's going to happen? What's next for Jay? Because that's what you have to think. I don't know we got SummerSlam, but I, I always do say, then then what happens next? And where does Jay go? Is it Jay and Jimmy going for the tag titles again? Or are they going to have a new feud? That's the thing as well. With SmackDown at the moment, I know it's a two-hour show, but there's a way you can manage to make sure everyone showcased because it's true. It's like, who, do, who does the Usos face next? That hasn't been answered. Yeah. Roman, we kind of get inkling, you know, it's one of the big four or five shows, so he's going to probably dip into Survivor Series time. <laughs> I, I mean, he's got to wrestle on Payback, right? Possibly. He won the title at Payback. Why else would they do Payback in September if not to have Roman Reigns commi- on it? To commiserate, yeah. yeah. But then um, then what, I, if it was me, I, to theorize, probably put Sheamus in there because it hasn't happened yet. We haven't had a Sheamus versus tribal chief Roman Reigns feud yet they historically have feuded in the past where Sheamus has beaten him before that could be mentioned stinky yes but it it could still be mentioned you know kind of like how Corbin used to mention he was the only one to beat Roman in in that three years so it's Sheamus is only is Sheamus is credible in terms of how hard hitting matches but the issue is since I guess since Cody Lost at WrestleMania, a match I still refuse to watch. They're still stuck on their intros, by the way. I've never, <laughs> I've never returned since the intros. I'm like, ah, right, guys, yeah. my WrestleMania ended on the intros. But anyway, yeah, uh, what I'm trying to say is since the Cody match is like no one believes Roman's going to lose because a part of us feel, again, going out of the bubble, the, the Cody story finishing has to be his finishing. Because people are saying it has to be Jay. And I've been trying to explain to people, um, Jay's part of the story because at the end of the day let's not get confused it's not Cody Cody has his own story which kind of overlaps with Roman's story so just that's just how it is in in Cody's story the villain or the the 
the the final boss to to, to achieve to finish the story is Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has his own story for a while. He's been on on a journey, which is the the rejected baby face now embracing the dark side. That's always been his story, mm-hmm. and we always assumed his story would end with him losing everything that he cares about for the title, and then probably when he loses the title, realizing. It, family is more important and that will lead to his redemption but um, at the moment Jay's just part of that story part of that trend he, as much we love Jay he's not the story it's Roman Reigns is the story especially in Smackdown so funny like just I don't disagree with anything that you've said mm. absolutely I just think it's funny how many people after Wrestlemania were justifying the Cody loss because it's like well this is Jay's story he's gonna be the one to beat Roman I was like but he's not though no, I've been consistent. You know, it's been, the Roman Reigns story. Then yeah. other people are kind of coming in and out. I've been I've been consistently saying that it wasn't Sammy because as much as I love Sammy, again, it's like they didn't do the work. This guy had a poor win loss record, and I, you couldn't all of a sudden say, "Yep, I believe him as champion." There's reasons why. I went with the undefeated, very pushed wrestler who won the Royal Rumble. I went with the realistic option, and also I also think about WrestleMania. As much as you want to be selfish, like, okay, what does Cody do? You know what I'm saying? You have to think in that manner of uh, uh, how you book an entire show because wrestlers will miss out of opportunities if we go with uh, a feeling. Uh, I feel it should be Jay. I keep saying it. When Jay wins, he's going to face Karrion Cross, who they're currently pushing. And you, are you going to like the feud? It's, again, a lot of people, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I, I do feel like Cody has to finish the story. He's become a meme. He even hates the word now that he, he, he brought into the earth. <laughs> He's like, I hate it now. It's not a meme. It is a meme because he needs to finish his story. We're now buying into it because it's now been, what, how many months are we in now? It, it, we needed the eighth month of the year or a few months in after WrestleMania. Kind of learning to to deal with the fact that the decision that happened happened. So next year, it has to happen. Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes. That's the end of the story. Then Roman can take a long needed vacation, whatever. And then Solo goes roughshod because, you know, no one can control him. There you go. But yeah, that's enough of that chapter from Sae. Anyway, a good opening promo here. We got very off topic here, but it, it's just bloodline stuff because I'll be honest, there's just a bunch of squash matches on this episode of SmackDown. So, so we not... did a great job padding things out. Hell yeah. Ask brother. me a question. I'm going to run it to the <laughs> ground. You're going to regret asking me a question. And the question was, how are you today? And I start going to philosophical views of my life and then to so my Nietzsche and all that. That's going to happen. How's the cat? <laughs> the cat's fantastic at the moment uh, you know um, don't do not do it don't do it no don't we're not gonna do it guys we're not want my little kitten uh, friend every day Grayson Waller after that segment approached Jey Uso backstage and said uh, well you know when you have your match at SummerSlam which by the way I think you're gonna lose uh, I think it would be really great to have you on the Grayson Waller effect and we could blah 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 and Jey's like yeah ha 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 bam punches him so he's upset we then had the opening match, which was Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio, which we've already talked about. After that match, Bianca Belair was being interviewed backstage, or was about to be, rather, by Kayla Braxton, when she's interrupted by Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. And they come in, they say that they're upset that it's been three weeks since they won the, the title, they still haven't gotten a championship celebration, and still all of the spotlight is on Bianca Belair. And who should walk in but... Charlotte Flair, because Bianca says, okay, well, you're so upset that I'm in a triple threat match. Why don't we have a triple threat match? I'll take you both on. And Charlotte comes in and she's like, ah, let's do a tag instead. How about you and me? We'll team up against them. And Bianca's like, I don't want to do that. And Charlotte's like, great, it's settled. I'm going to go talk to Pierce. And I don't know when she ever did this because there was like maybe five minutes between this conversation and Charlotte going out for her entrance. But, um... This was the start of not great things on the show. Because after that, we had Hit Row in the ring. Hit Row, they don't even do a rap. They just say Roll Tide because sports. And LA Knight comes out. And most over guy on the show outside of the Bloodline stuff, by far. This guy is a megastar. He comes down and he squashes Ashante the Adonis, hits the BFT. Really short match, gets a good reaction. Everybody's going nuts for the guy. There's really nothing else to talk about here, though. At least he won. Got oh, a win on this show. It's um, He's still directionless. I'm still waiting. Good things come to those who wait. Still waiting. Not seeing anything to make me feel confident here, Hunter. But, uh, again, 
a win is better than the other thing. Uh, well, if if it was the only thing we had on that show, then I would have probably done a little mini rant, but they gave us a little nugget to hook us, which I think is quite appalling to raise our expectations and lower it and raise and lower it. I got blood pressure, my friend. Look at my blood pressure. Stop, stop teasing me with this LA Night push. We're going to get into what happened later on. But yeah, LA Night's over. The weird thing is he is still listed internally as a heel. What are we doing? Is he a tweener? I don't know. This t-shirt's kind of tight, Tempest. Yeah, it is. This man's yoked. Look at him. Look at him. My God, you don't want to see his blood pressure. You don't want to see my blood pressure. No, no. But what, what, my little complaint is, a uh, little tiny minor grievance is, is what are we doing? The guy is clearly a star. And um, but I heard good things. Allegedly, Vince finally gets it now. He's mm-hmm. kind of on board. So we're gonna watch this space. That's what we're gonna say. Hit row, man. It it, it sucks, man. Like uh, I had higher hopes for them as a heel. I say if you if you flop as a baby face, you flop as a heel. What do you do? You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping uh, the, we need more tag matches. That, that's the issue. There was a lack of actual tag teams wrestling because now I don't even know who's on SmackDown. I just say, if someone went to me, you went to me right now, Sat, who are the tag teams on SmackDown? Oh, no, pretty deadly and brawling brutes at times. Mm-hmm. And after that, oh, yeah, OC, they look, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's just so, it's just, yeah. it's just, uh, just nothing, man. There's, there's not a lot to it right Spare now. Bare bones. Not a lot to, to wrestle for, but uh, I'll tell you, Giving you until SummerSlam, guys, to figure this out. After SummerSlam, this man better get a push. And if he doesn't, my patience will have hit zero. Yeah. Adam Pierce is backstage, uh, makes a match between Jay Uso and Grayson Waller for the main event. And then Charlotte and Bianca come out. And I thought this was, I guess, the best match on the show. Mm-hmm. No, I guess the main event would have been better than this. But this match was fine. <sighs> I was there. Uh, this was just a a perfect cocktail of of WWE tropes that I can't stand. Love it because you had a couple of singles wrestlers beating your tag team champions. You have can they coexist? And you have a babyface getting pissed off that they won just because someone else got the pin. It's the man, though. It's just, it's the, I it's understand the, it's that. Respect, Tempest. I understand that, but I still, it's a trope that I don't like. And added on top, if it was just the one, maybe I would have dealt with it. But the fact that it was like three layers deep of tropes that I don't like in in WWE matches, I had no time for this. Because Sonya and Chelsea are a comedy duo. That's fine. But don't make your comedy duo your tag champions. Oh, don't say that. They're not just okay. Chelsea's comedy. Sonya has a terrible win loss record. She's a comedy character now. They're Karen. Then they, what you know? What the irony of the whole thing was. Charlotte, you'd fit in that group so nicely. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, what are you pretending? You know what I'm saying? Chelsea's everything that you are, just on the lower scale. Because she, Adam finds her annoying. Why, for some weird reason, you probably hold something over Adam's head, some pictures in the office or something like that. That you, because that's the only thing to that would make the story so much interesting. Of why Charlotte gets what she wants from Adam Pierce. It's like I want a title match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, 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 sure. Bianca, I want a title match. Yeah, Bianca can't give you a title match for reasons. Uh, but you can go buy yourself a ticket and watch the show or wrestle against next week if you're a good girl. Like, is it inconsistency with how Adam treats people? Uh, yeah. I know what you mean. They use the tropes, but you, poor writers, they, they don't know what to do. They're like, let me let me give you the double tropes. That, that'll that get me through the evening. Um, I felt like it, the, the only positive for this tag team match for Sonya and Chelsea is they were spotlighted against the two premier women's wrestlers on the roster. So that's a yay. It's a it's a real mild yay. It's a mild yay. And you're right. Where is that unholy union? Because, yeah. you know, they, they would have benefited from this match. And you're right. For two to, for two people that have never really teaming up, them winning the match does, does, does do a disservice to the tag team champions. But at least the tag titles wasn't on the line. But in a weird way, they did a tag team eliminator in a weird way. So technically, mm-hmm. they could be number one contenders if they wanted to. But we don't need the tag titles to be sacrificed for this feud. They've done that before. We don't need that to happen. Absolutely. Uh, I'm hoping... 
next week, we're going to find out who Sonia and Chelsea are going to be feuding with. We know Liv is injured at the moment. Raquel's busy with Rhea Ripley. There's a now a va- there's like a va- weird vacuum. There's like all these women that can step up. And I'm going to say, you hate me saying every week, Lacey Evans in the tag team partner. No! <laughs> I'm putting a stop to this. That is not the answer. You ain't got the answer, Sway. You're right. I don't have the answer. Uh, you know what? Zaya Lee somewhere. Aaliyah is lurking somewhere. You know, there's 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 all these women. Shotzi's terrorizing someone somewhere. Kaden and Katana. They're on main event. Caden's about to get her ass ate by Nikki Cross for some reason. Hey-o. Why not rather be doing this? She's on Raw, but yeah, I know what you mean. But, okay, that's a but, fair but, point. No, but what I want to ask is, because the tag titles goes around multiple companies, does it mean wrestlers in the tag division can go to multiple? I don't know. Yeah, that, that hasn't been decided about. I was happy to see the tag champions, but you, you, they're right. There wasn't a championship celebration. There's room for them. There's room for the tag division. Uh, let's do something about it. Please. Please, And yeah. fast. Like you said, where the hell have I? Where is Isla Dawn and Alba Fire? Like, why were they not in this match? Where's Tegan? Is Tegan even SmackDown? I don't even know anymore. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't who's know. On the I don't know who's on the roster anymore. The draft happened and everything fell apart because now they have Judgment Day on multiple shows as well. Luckily, they was on this SmackDown. But yeah, there's so much, so much going on at the moment, guys. It, it's they blame. They can blame it on oh, it's, it's SummerSlam coming up. They got everything locked. So people that's not on the show, they're not gonna be featured. But we're gonna wait for September. We're gonna be pounding that backside if you're not doing what we want you to do. Amen. So after that, Bailey's looking on backstage because, of course, get skip over the finish of this match. Uh, Bianca Belair was going for the KOD, <laughs> and Charlotte Flair hits a big boot while she's on her shoulders. Bianca's up. It was a nice little finish, but Bianca's upset that Charlotte stole her win, and Charlotte's like, "We won. What are you upset about?" It's the competitive nature. She felt yeah. slighted because you know she. They're both. I, com- I they're both athletes. Yeah, you, you you're an athlete. You know, you 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 don't like someone. Your your co your your coworker, your your fellow sports mate, teammate. That's the word I look at. Your fellow teammate is slighting you. You don't like be slighted, so you're trying to slight them back yeah i mean this is just kind of what happens when like wins and losses don't matter it's like you can get a win and not care you know it doesn't matter it's just like they just get out of this segment but i could argue adding more into the story bianca belair in her mind it was her beef how dare you step onto my beef and win my match in her that, mind. That's actually a better explanation than anything i've heard i like that Thank now, you. that is now my new headcanon thank you yes it's so, true. <laughs> Bailey's looking on backstage. Oh, and sorry. Before, before you, yes. the, the random. Uh, remember how the show's cut? We missed Bobby Lash in the street. Of perfect. course. God damn this show. Okay, because we were having a conversation in the office. Because last week I forgot to mention that Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits had a little backstage meetup and stuff. And then this week you'll you won't see that in my edited review because I missed it again. And I was like, why the hell do I keep missing specifically Bobby Lashley in the Street Profit segments? I don't understand. Like it was tricking and mellow, but yes, the sentiments are the same. They Lashley's colluding. He's planning and plotting. Because it was mellow, tricking mellow last right. week. Right. Whereas this week, we figured out what the problem was because I'll be honest, I watch these shows first thing in the morning and I gotta write my edited review uh, before I get into work. So all that has to be done. I also got to skim through Rampage, see what happened there, write the one minute, one take, all that stuff. So in this busy haste, I'm skipping through entrances. Uh, entrances. They're not important. I'm skipping through and I'm like, okay, here we've got Charlotte Flair's entrance. All right, I'll skip through that. And then uh, let me click here. Okay, we're on Bianca Belair's entrance. Let me skip through that. Okay, now the entrances have happened and the match is starting and now I will pay attention. What did they do but go to commercial after Charlotte Flair's entrance, mm-hmm. do a Bobby Lashley and Street Profits segment, which mm-hmm. admittedly was very funny, and then do Bianca's entrance. I don't know if things have gotten worse as of late, but I felt like we had fixed this kind of pacing issue under Triple H earlier on in his run, and we are reverting back to some really bad production tropes like doing a completely unrelated segment after the commercial in between two entrances. Stop doing that. On a personal level, because I keep missing them, Mm -hmm. I guess I can just be 
you know, I pay more attention to this show, but also don't do that. <laughs> uh, what is your thoughts on Bobby Lashley basically whining and dining the Street Profits? I like it. I really like it. I think I have finally put to rest any hope of seeing a Hurt Business reunion, and therefore Bobby Lashley could use a new stable, and it's, it gives something for the Street Profits to do. The Street Profits have kind of just been floating for a long, long time here, where when was the last time they did really anything of note? Like, they had their WrestleMania showcase, which was good, but was it didn't lead to anything. And they had a really good match with the Usos last year at Money in the Bank. That's over a year ago now. Tess said it, that they haven't really challenged for the... T basically, they haven't done anything of note since that time period, which is quite mind-blowing, because since that time period, everyone's been like this. Break them up. Who said that? Break them up. Who said that? Dawkins whack. What? You know what I'm <laughs> Caleb Braxton coming on the, the mic and just being like, so there are rumors that you guys are going to break up. What are your thoughts? She's like, where have you heard these rumors? And she's got yeah. no answer because she's a terrible journalist. And also Dawkins has beat the allegations. He's equal levels to Tez. They are a great tag team. What I've enjoyed about it is I think it's lazy booking to just break up a tag team for no reason, especially when you don't have plans for the other guy. I think if you got plans for one guy and not the other guy, you ain't as great as a writer as you think you are. A great writer would have a great exit strategy for both parties involved. Thankfully, they realized there's more meat on the bone. They've probably rinsed out as a tag team, as a babyface tag team. So it's kind of like, what do we do next? It's called adding layers. There's potential for them to be heels. Because then you're asking, heels? Bobby Lashley is a babyface. But come on, let's be real. Bobby Lashley flourished as a heel. Flourished like he wears suits. He looks good. Nice women. Not everyone can relate to that. Top title. <laughs> Top title. Honestly, like the best star presence that he probably has ever had. Exactly. He looks like he's, he looks like Seal's yoked brother. You know what I'm saying? The guy's presence. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my question, my question is always what we're not seeing. Okay. I'm going to go hit you guys with this thing. Omos and MVP are uh, free agents. Okay. So we haven't seen him post-draft. Maybe we have. I'm not too sure. Maybe Mandela Effect. My brain's not thinking about roast. A roast squash match has happened, whatever. But yeah, almost is missing. Uh, MVP is missing. Uh, what happened? I'm assuming Lashley's uh, time away led to him reflecting or possibly reconciling with MVP. That's one option of why it is. MVP's like, hey, let's get together. You know, Shelton... And Cedric, you know, they, it, that whole thing's probably dead in the water. Let's not go back to the past. Let's go to the present. And I like the Street Profits guy, whatever. It could be that, because I don't know. Because there was a whole huge-ass hammer that um, the Street Profits got in. So there's multiple people in there. I'm assuming. It, and there's a great way to use Omos, because he, he's not going to wrestle every week. He's a, an attraction. Because, no offense, as much as I love how they're booking Omos, which is he comes over when, when, it, when he's needed. But it's like... There needs to be a rhyme or reason. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And MVP is too talented to be go missing at months, Absolutely. months at a time. Unfortunately, we all saw this. I mean, MVP knew this. Take him away from Bobby Lashley. One of them was going to suffer. It happened to be him. Because we initially <laughs> thought it would be Lashley suffering. Because, you know, Lashley is not going to work as a baby face. L lo and behold, he got over as a baby face, which was shocking. You know, fans finally got Lashley. And, you know, I used to worry that people underappreciated him. I'm like, he's just as great as Lesnar. You know, you know his promo uh, may not be... I don't know about that. Wait, better? No, 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 no. I, 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 I am a big fan of Bobby Lashley. I'm not about to sit by and... What? Say that he is as good as Brock Lesnar. He still does more than two moves. I, I'm aware of that, but there's more to Brock Lesnar. Listen, that. there's more to to Bobby Lashley than that. Listen, my my guy in 07, that match with John Cena, I'll chuck a camera at someone, yeah? Because that match is a hill I'm willing to kill someone on. I'm not dying on any hill. I'll kill someone on the hill. <laughs> a very <laughs> well, good match for sure. But yes. Brock Lesnar is like one of the top guys. Ever. And Bobby Lashley wasn't booked like that. He was showing his butt cheeks. I'm sorry. He, and he overcame that. He overcame cucking angles when he was, you know, in a blacked angle with someone's wife. You know what I'm saying? How many managers has he had? Lashley, Lashley has not had the consistency of Lesnar. That's the issue. If he had the same kind of um, 
booking as 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 Brock Lesnar, he'd be on the same level. He'd be the same reverence that you have for Lashley or for Lesnar, you'd have for Lashley. Only right now, this decade or last late last decade, they finally got things right. Well, actually, it's actually this decade. They got Lashley right in WWE. In Impact, he was a beast. Fantastically booked. Mwah. But yeah, let's not, we're not gonna, I'm getting, I'm getting distracted. Um, okay, Street Profits and Bobby Lashley, no tangents that stick to the, stick to the brief. Um, do you think they're turning heel? Or is this gonna be a slow burn? Cause it's kind of like, how do you execute it? Cause what we're seeing at the moment is intriguing, but that's like segments. Now, when you put them in the open world amongst the locker room, what is it do you think is going to happen? I think they will probably come out as a trio after SummerSlam or something like that. Just like walk out and all be dressed the same and be like, we are the new faction. Fear us. We're going to win all the titles. And that's it. I don't think you're going to have like a, an angle where they turn or something like that. I think it might just be like kind of a slow burn, but not that slow. Cause a couple of weeks from now, I think is when they probably do the thing. I'm thinking, all right. Same thing happened with uh, Roman Reigns in a weird way where he got Paul Heyman and people asked that question, did Heyman turn face or did Roman Reigns turn heel? People thought more likely Heyman because they'll never turn Roman Reigns heel, but then he seemed quite different. What I'm trying to get at is there should be a, what I call a sacrificial lamb. Someone connected to Street Profits and Bobby Lashley trying to figure out the trio and that will indicate whether they're babyface or heel. Whoever, whoever this person is, if that person's a face or heel, let's just say a baby face. Because I was about to use Cedric Alexander, but he's on roll. Whoever is connected to Lashley that he respects. Hey, what's up with the group? I want to be in the group. Oh, what is this? And they beat him up. Then oh. you find them, they're, they're heels. That usually tends to be the case. Because at the moment, it's like, I don't know. We need more heels. I think that's what it is as well. We need more heels. Definitely. I think there'll be some uh, heel turns coming SummerSlam or soon after. After this, however... As we continue on through uh, the last few bits of the show, Bailey's watching backstage as Bianca and, and Charlotte are arguing. And EO comes in and asks why Bailey ran off the week earlier. Good she question. says she had to get the keys from the valet. And uh, she said that Shotzi would have gotten EO stuff too if she hadn't. And Asuka walks in. This is the only appearance of Asuka on this show. She's the champion. I know. She walks in and says, says she's going to win at SummerSlam. And EO says that she's going to walk out of SummerSlam as the women's champion, telegraphing a cash in. I hope they don't do that. She's already like the longest reigning money in the bank person that we've had in like years and years and years since the first one. So, you know, Bailey then looks in her bag and finds like a serial killer message <laughs> with like all the stickered letters all just saying like, see you soon, Bailey. So Shotzi's coming. Uh, we uh, had the announcement of the Slim Jim Battle Royal. Nice. SummerSlam Battle Royal presented by Slim Jim uh, from Adam Pierce. He's like, I'm going to figure out the roster in the next week. And LA Knight walks in and he says, ah, put me in the match. You've missed out on WrestleMania. You've missed out on SummerSlam. And, and uh, LA Knight, uh, US champion, put me in this Battle Royal. And Sheamus walks in and says that it's going to be a banger and banger after banger after banger, blah, blah, blah. And they start getting in each other's faces. And Adam Pierce is like, okay, uh, settle it. So settle it in the ring next week. And they're both in the battle royal. They're both in the battle royal. Yeah. So maybe LA Knight will win the battle royal. That'll be yeah. something. Yeah. Maybe the Hopefully. number one contender's battle royal for something. Because we need stakes. We need stakes. Slim Jim's not the only stakes matter, brother. Yeah. Uh, after this, we had Karrion Cross versus former G1 Climax finalist and Quizzlemania tag team champion, Carl Anderson. And before this match, mm -hmm. he says to AJ Styles, Karrion Cross has made this personal. Let me go at this alone. AJ's like, all right, take care of it. Carl Anderson goes out. This man was on the Wrestle Kingdom card this year. He goes down to the ring, and I will give Carl Anderson a world of credit. He had some really good-looking offense in this match. He was doing his best, but this was a squash. He got in, like, a flurry of uppercuts and, and things like that, but then Cross just stopped him, hit what is now known as the final prayer, which is his, like, pump handle F5. Shouldn't use the pump handle. It's just a waste of movement. Because he still does the move. Without the pump handle, he still never moved. So that, that first portion is a waste of time. It's yeah. A, it's like if Braun Strowman had to do a pump handle in order to do the running power slam. 
which at that point I guess would just be a pump handle slam, but regardless. But it's running pop portion that in your yeah. mind is like, why are you wasted time? Yeah. Just execute it. Mm. So Cross wins this match. It's very short. And then after the match, he puts Carl Anderson in the cross jacket and AJ Styles and Meechin run in to make the save. I have no idea why these guys are feuding. I feel like I say that every single week, but no motivation's ever been given. AJ Styles won the first match and we're just still going. And I, f- I think what, okay. Um, num- okay, two, not even two questions. One, one annoyance I have, I'll mention that after, but I've got, I got to ask you a question. Yes. They seem kind of committed this time to actually try to make Karrion Cross a thing. Did this match achieve what it needed to achieve, or in your mind, it's still a dud? I mean, because we need to, we need. To, we, I feel like because I hate when people just frat words, right? You know, oh, he sucks. It sucks. So my my mind is always like, what can we? What can be fixed? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What is missing? My mind, I think he needs a crew. Hence, why I don't like this feud. Because in real life, the numbers yeah. are against him. If it, Come on, OC. You don't know where he lives? What locker rooms in? Trap him down, beat the heck out of him. I hate how we have to pretend that the OC are the underdogs or yeah. the OC are outnumbered when it's just two people. They can just beat them. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of like, it's so simple what they could do. Heck, screw what Anderson said. You and Luke come out and just beat, just, just give him a two, three piece. You know yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just beat him up. I hate when I have a baby face all of a sudden. Like, oh, I'm, a, I'm in a baby face group. We can't do nothing, man. We can't attack anyone. Attack him. He attacks you guys. Get yeah. him back. You tell me the Bullet Club is above that. Yeah. I hate when they, they, they when they become baby face to get morals. No. You should lose your morals. Yeah. You're, better, you're better than that. You guys face The Undertaker, remember, collectively. In the main event WrestleMania, you can do the same thing with this guy. Beat him up. <laughs> Give him yeah. a two-piece. But yeah, Cross needs a crew. I feel like he's the kind of guy, because of, of he likes to spout sermons or whatever. And since Bray doesn't have a cult, you know what I'm saying? Because you, you could be saying, oh, it is, it's infringing on... on, on Bray Wyatt's not going to have a cult. Raven had a crew. He seems like a kind of guy that likes to spit diatribes and he needs followers. And there's so many wrestlers on the main roster doing nothing that can just be, you know, like Odyssey Jones allegedly, uh, who got drafted to Raw, apparently might be coming to SmackDown. I there's... hate this idea, but why not bring up like... Uh, and then... Well, I was going to say, why not bring up the Grizzle Young veterans? But they're, part, they're in a much more... And I want to say much more interesting group. But they've been stuck in NXT for a million years. They're like, part of schism. Which, I just say get get the whole schism up. No, they don't, I don't, I don't necessarily that. disagree with that. But mm. at that point, why don't we just get rid of Karrion Cross? No, because Karrion, you don't see the potential. You think the potential's been lost? Or yeah, is it? I'll be honest. Uh, he's damaged goods in my eyes now. But it would take an unbelievable reset to to make me think that. He, they're gonna get behind him. The, the thing is, I've been trying to figure out what the disconnect is. It's so hard for me to, to pinpoint it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is it the hair thing? I was making, I was laughing because is it the hair? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, he's now past the awkward stage, and now his hair's getting longer. So if it got really long, would you still not buy it? <laughs> I, it's not the hair to me. It's just everything. It feels forced. None it's of his, organic. none of his feuds have a rhyme or reason for happening. I don't know what he wants. I don't know what this character is. He's just a spooky man who reads tarot. Like, give him some more layers, maybe, and then I'll start to think about, like, oh, who would I like to see him against? Who would help tell that story? But there's no story being told. He's just having lousy matches on TV, and I never feel like he's going to come out of any of them on top. So, like... Nah. He's not believable. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't see it. But anywho, mm-hmm. we then had our main event, that being Jay Uso versus Grayson Waller. And this was like a fine match. I was kind of surprised that this, like if you had told me Jay Uso versus Grayson Waller a few years ago was going to be the main event of SmackDown, I don't know that I would have believed you, but it was good stuff, a sign of things changing with the times. Uh, Jay Uso uh, avoided a people's elbow. Long. And... Grayson Waller hit uh, hit hit a big old spine buster uh, to set up the people's elbow and missed the move. Of course, he did hit his second rope do, through the legs elbow. I forget what SP3 was calling that. Was it, it was the like layaway, the Hardaway, hard oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the Hardaway elbow. Um, shout out to SP3. Shout out. And to eventually, Jey Uso hits a spear 
to win this match. Well, he hits a spear and then a splash to win the match, but he hits a spear as Roman Reigns, a few minutes into this match, came out, sat at ringside. And after the match, it was really funny to me because, like, Jey Uso wins, and they show a shot of Roman Reigns, and Solo's just not stood there anymore. And I was like, well, he's behind you, so be, be aware, Jay. Look over there. Your Where? enemies are at ringside. Where? But sure enough, Solo Sokoa tries to attack uh, Jey Uso, and Jey is able to duck the Samoan spike, hit a super kick, and then Roman Reigns immediately stands up, takes off his belt, slides into the ring, and he misses his move, and Jey Uso hits the ropes, hits a spear on Roman for a big pop, goes up top to hit a splash, but Solo Sokoa has recovered, pushes him off the top rope, and then Solo holds Jey up as Roman hits two spears as the show goes off the air. That sounded great. My question to you is, if they just eliminated the promo at the beginning and you, this was the only appearance for Roman, would you have felt like that was worth it? Uh, I don't know. See, like, it's a weird thing. This paired with the opening promo, it felt well done. Okay. But not, like, terribly interesting. Like, it was a beatdown angle, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not going to remember it in, you know, a million years. But it will always do its job i feel like that being said i think the the more interesting stuff in this in this show came in the opening segment other than jay uso hitting the spears which i think is going to play into the match i think you have to set that up so that when jay hits a spear in the match people buy it as a as a potential finish Mm. not that they wouldn't before but this gives people a little bit of time to get accustomed to it it just felt weird that this is all they had for Roman Reigns and Jey Uso on this show. What, what do you think? What, what, what would you have done in that scenario? What would have made it much better? I don't know, yeah. Some sort of like proper story beat, you know? Yeah, that's what's, it's, yeah, I think it's quite hard because I think it's a case of they've rinsed, probably rinsed everything out. Oh, you've I, done that. I, I have an idea. Yeah. Like, because I think we probably talked about it last week. I thought for sure this week we would have gotten some sort of vignette narrated by Paul Heyman talking about tribal combat. Mm. And you get footage of Samoa and the elders and whatever you want to call it. Get like a, a, you know, a footage of like the wild Samoans sat watching a couple of the, the younger members of the family like, have a have a scrap in the front yard to settle things, mm-hmm. something like that, as it's being narrated by, by Paul Heyman and really put over what this means. Because I feel like last week it was, oh, there was a, a level of reverence for this stipulation on the part of Roman Reigns, right? Yeah. Like he's just like tribal combat. Do the elders know about this? Mm. Oh, they, you talk to them? Oh my God, mm. how do I not know about this? That whole thing. And people, so, somebody pointed out in the comments last week as Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns are walking away, they're talking to each other, and Roman Reigns is like, he's not supposed to talk to them. So, like, clearly this yeah. is something important. This is a character moment. Okay. But we then got to this week, and it was just kind of sort of treated like they're having a no-DQ match they, at the pay-per-view. Which, so you, you mentioned it. They dropped in, in, uh, interesting story beats they could have yeah. expanded upon. I thought that's what we would have gotten this week. And if they did the exact same thing, but added like a promo, a vignette package in the middle of it, I think that would have done a lot more to build that for the pay-per-view. I think you, you've nailed it on the head what's been the issue. Is there's interesting pieces that they're not using that could be at play. They, we've been saying it for, for ages, use the elders. I mean, use them in a while. I get it's an age thing. Like you said, if you if they can't come to the show, Film something. Go go to, you know, Pennsylvania or Florida, wherever the, the brothers are hanging out. And then just... California somewhere. California probably. somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, no, but... Samoans like California. And, and no, Pennsylvania is where WXW was, you know. So that's why I assume they're probably still into Pennsylvania. But they're not According Pennsylvania. Rikishi, all of them live in California. Then go to California too. Okay, <laughs> go to California too. Film some things. Get Rikishi. You know Rikishi be up for it. Tribal combat. This is gonna do tribal combat. I do it for the J and I do it for the Roman. And then you know, film some pieces there. I think that's what's missing is the family element. We hear yeah. family. You know, family. As uh, Vin Diesel say, family. Where is the family? Where is it? We need to see family. 
It, that's what's missing. Because I think it's too much talking. You're like, uh, it's, 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 I feel like copy and paste, copy and paste. Roman's done this kind of promo before against other guys. You know, now he's doing it to his cousin, the gaslighting. Jay's done this kind of promo before. You know, oh, I'm going to get you because you got me. It is like a rinse and repeat. So we need to expansion this feud and make the tribal combat into something. Come on. Make you. Yeah. And that pretty much brings our review of this week's SmackDown to a close. Overall, I thought this was a pretty bad episode of SmackDown, unfortunately. The Bloodline stuff was all very good, and I'm sure if Rey Mysterio hadn't gotten hurt, that match would have been very good as well. But as it stands, like there were a lot of squashes and short matches on this show, and the one long match in the middle of the show that we got was just loaded up with tropes that I can't stand this wasn't the best SmackDown. I would not recommend anybody go out of their way to see any of the things on this show. Save for if you're just keeping up with the Bloodline stuff, there's a good promo segment at the beginning. But otherwise, I gave the show a 2 out of 5. I don't think it was very good, unfortunately. Yeah, it was quite lackluster. But yeah, if there was things for you guys to skim, uh, yeah, the Bloodline stuff... Bobby Lashley interacting with, with Street Profits. If you are on social media, on Twitter, there's a little in-joke is finally expanded upon in this <laughs> uh, in the scene. And then also, if you're into Grayson Waller, he's 0-3 at the moment. No one's complaining because I feel like it fits his character. He's probably yeah. like a Jerry Lawler where... I don't want to say that because I feel like he's got potential to be a main eventer, but at the moment, his losses kind of make sense because he's he's been in big feuds. So he's not losing to geeks that he shouldn't be losing to. So if he lost to flipping Riddick Moss, then I'd be like, ah, I'm chucking my dummy yeah. out of the pram. But yeah... Uh, so far, it's like his mouth has gotten him into situations. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. So it's just like, but it's don't watch the the whole show, but watch bits and pieces that you probably want to catch up on. That's yeah. the best way to do it, I guess. Absolutely. And that will wrap things up for us here. Make sure you go over to Cineworld later today and check out the newest edition of What's On with Luke and Dan. I have been Tempest. That has been sad. That was your SmackDown Review Podcast. Give it a thumbs up and comment down below what you thought of it. Did you make it through this show? Because I wouldn't have if it wasn't my job. Let us know what you thought, though. We will catch you back on Monday with our Collision Review Podcast with the regular folk. Uh, Luke and Dan, I believe, will be in reviewing. Luke will be back from his vacation, so make sure you check that out. Same Russell Talk podcast channel, same Russell Talk podcast time. I did those out of order. Sat, the house always wins. See you. I ain't going to be here next Saturday day. I'm at a wedding. I'm going to see the week after that. Try not to miss me too much. I'll miss you, bro. See you guys again soon. Thank you so much for watching the show. Comment below and like and subscribe. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 